0: Did you see this story, let me see if I can pull it up without screwing us up, about Mm -hmm. the family of seven that was living in a Dutch farm cellar for years, believing that the world was going to end?
1: I saw the headline. I did not read the story.
0: It's very bizarre. I kind of wish we could talk to them.
1: I was going to say, are they doing interviews yet?
0: Well, um, Well, there was an older... The owner of the pub said that when the Mm. guy came in, he looked unkempt with long hair and he needed help and had never been to school. It might be too sad. Maybe it'll be too sad. I don't know. Mm. It's fascinating, though, that they thought it was going to go down and they just lived in the basement. Right. Like, wouldn't you come out and check? I feel like I'd come out and check.
1: But... How long have they been down there?
0: Seven years.
1: Okay, so it's not like there's a huge jump in technology
0: no i mean it's not like they're
1: coming up thinking eisenhower's still president
0: correct
1: right hmm.
0: yeah it's very very
1: so weird. why did they think the world was ending um, other than the world is clearly coming to an end
0: well yeah we all know that that's happening but honestly right. seven years ago we didn't quite know it was as close as we do now so right.
1: yeah it's true um,
0: they were worried about the living conditions of people who were living in oh no that's not that that was the police <laughs> um it's about 80 miles northeast of amsterdam less than 200 people live in the village um well now it says nine years in here so maybe i don't know it's confusing the headline says seven um uh, yeah the 25 year old slipped away so he broke out so but he was then,
1: 16 then when he went in right so he would have
0: or yeah
1: he would have had agency at that point he would be able to say huh this is weird
0: right you would think and it said that they lived in the space and had no contact with the outside world um the 6 Younger members of the group, reportedly, they had no idea where there were other humans in the world.
1: Dare I ask what they were eating and drinking for nine years?
0: Well, they were on a farm. So, oh, but they had a huge vegetable garden and many sheds that was described as rather messy. Huh. According to the newspaper, they were completely self-sufficient, living off the vegetable garden and a goat, a single goat. Whoa. I'm assuming just milk and cheese.
1: <laughs> uh, I guess.
0: Yeah. Huh. That's fascinating. So wait, the shed
1: doesn't count as living underground? do Or do I you don't. interconnect all your sheds? I don't know. And it's if you interconnect strange. two sheds, does that become one shed in the grand scheme? Right. Of Is them? it
0: like a mega shed? Right. Is it a maze of sheds? Mm. It looks like a nice little farm.
1: Is there like a she shed?
0: Oh, God. I hate that phrase. Where,
1: where Mrs. Doomsday Prepper can like make candles or... Yes, pillows that say,
0: you know, I love you till the end of time and back. <laughs> One day at a time. <laughs> One day at a time. Easy Mom, does it. Easy uh. does it. Hanging there with the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy's speak up has like, yes. you know, electric Kool Aid in it. <laughs>
1: right. Huh.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what there is.
1: Interesting. I know. And they're Swedish?
0: No. I'm Swedish. They're Dutch from the Netherlands. (laughs) Wow, that was. I know. That sounded very anti-Dutch. I'm not anti-Dutch.
1: And by the way, if you type in, um, you start typing in Dutch, the, the two first things that come up is Dutch family, seven years. An oven? And Dutch family living in cellar. Oh. So found in secret room. We found six Old people distance. living in a small space in the house, which could be locked, but wasn't a basement, said the police. Okay. They've arrested the father.
0: Yeah, they're saying they could have been held against their will. Right. I mean, it looks...
1: Do <laughs> so you see yeah. this? The bar owner says how a man had come in, <laughs> ordered five beers, and drunk them. And then the bartender <laughs> says... Then I had a chat with him, and he revealed he had run away and needed help. <sighs> then we called the police.
0: Okay, that guy is my kind of guy. He's like, <laughs> I'm out. If these people haul me back, I'm going to have a good time before they do it.
1: Uh, he had I long-haired green beard, wore old clothes, and looked confused.
0: He had to smell. Well, no, they had. I'm sure they had. They had did they do laundry? I mean, probably not. They probably I ran out smell. of soap unless they knew how to make soap. Can you make soap from goat's milk?
1: Hmm. Oh Google. Um, they right. discovered a hidden staircase behind a cupboard in the living room that led down to a secret room where the family was housed. Uh it's accessible by bridge over a canal. Okay. A neighbor told Dutch Media that he'd only ever seen one man on the farm, no children, and that there had been animals on the ground, such as geese and a dog. Oh.
0: No, no, no. Nope. Yeah. Don't tell me. I'm not nope. we not nope.
1: The local postman said he had never delivered a letter there. It's actually pretty strange. Now that I come to think about it, <laughs> he told <me. laughs>
0: Seriously?
1: Yep, yeah, that's what he said to the local news website. Wow. Hmm.
0: That okay. Really?
1: I am into the Dutch police. Um Yesterday, someone reported to us they were worried about the living conditions of people in the house in in the name of the town right We went there. That's the tweet
0: <laughs> Well, they are still limited by characters, so
1: yeah so the some think some reports suggest that the oldest man the fifty eight year old um, had had a stroke and was confined to his bed. Okay, I Lord. guess it sounds like he was doing all the farming while the kids just hung out in the basement so
0: so it's like any other family that's not waiting for the world to end right yeah hmm. um but then i just saw there was an article where they thought that the family was being held against their will
1: well that's why they can't harvest vegetables
0: right or that's milk true. the goat right
1: guess it's not a euphemism in that family
0: yes no it's not they haven't had any new euphemisms in a while
1: and what were you going to say about this gentleman
0: Oh no, well the dad's Austrian.
1: You said that like that explains something. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. He's Austrian.
0: No, well I didn't we said they were Dutch and that they're not necessarily Dutch.
1: Right. Well I said Swiss and you
0: got furious. Well, you said Swedish. <laughs>
1: Sorry. <Close>. <laughs> <laughs> there goes our just, Swedish listener. Just um, because
0: my name is Heidi doesn't mean I'm Swiss, although I'd love to be Swiss. I mean, they they have it all, right? They've got chocolate, great bank accounts. They're never in a fight. Cheese. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So so these kids,
1: um, 18 to 25, and they're still living there.
0: Right. Like, wouldn't you...
1: And the mayor's name is Roger DeGroote.
0: Yes, which which is a I would. I name.
1: would vote for somebody. I would too. Huh. So that's all we have for that.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Insight. yeah.
0: I mean, I think if we could talk to the son, he'd be interesting.
1: Well, I guess we have to buy him Jan. six beers, and then he'll be.
0: I buy him six beers. It's fine.
1: Did you see his name is Jan? Or are you just? Um, I saw really it. Well, maybe it's
0: Jan, a... but I believe it's Jan.
1: You're just making an assumption.
0: No, it's Jan. Is it? Mm hmm. The dad is Joseph B., an Austrian odd job man who had a small workshop on an industrial estate in the nearby town of Meppel. Ooh, he was not the father of the children. Oh. I hmm. might have to check back on this. This is actually yeah. more interesting than I thought.
1: I just, I'm trying to imagine the arguments they would have at that house right well who's been milking your goat
0: right oh. exactly
1: possibilities uh, are endless with that uh,
0: i know it's fascinating it's a pretty big house i mean I, you would wonder why you didn't deliver mail there like that's bizarre hmm.
1: well it's I mean, weird it, that all these people wondered all of these things but never did anything right that's very. like the mailman odd. wasn't like you know, they never order, you know, they don't get their in touch weekly, um, right? Or whatever the Dutch version of that is. I don't know. Dare touch? Uh, I don't know. Yeah.
0: That, dare yeah. t- dare touch. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a magazine called dare touch. That'd be awesome. <laughs> you know, it'd be a hit. <laughs> All kinds of good stuff we can put in there.
1: Yeah, but people would be buying it for the wrong reasons.
0: Okay, they'd still be buying it.
1: Mm, that's true.
0: We could use the money for good.
1: Yeah, the, the key, I think, would be to getting into those magazine subscription sales.
0: Oh, for sure. The little children going around saying, my school will get money if you order Dare Touch from my <laughs> magazine <laughs> <laughs> It will help me go to brownie Camp. <laughs>
1: or the, the price of... Uh... For fifteen dollars a month, you can get Dare Touch and two other shows.
0: Right? Popular right? Mechanics all... and That's...
1: Good Housekeeping.
0: Exactly, which all go together. <laughs> they really are a nice little trio to round out your education.
1: Oh, have you seen this month's Dare Touch? Oh, great <laughs> cover story.
0: Oh, please, it's weekly. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're onto something. I think this is a good plan.
1: I don't know. Do if we should we get into magazine publication? I that just know. seems even less lucrative than podcasting. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's probably true. It probably doesn't have much. Mm-hmm. Well, but you know, if you don't subscribe, if you're just at the shelf at the checkout line, it's like eight bucks for a magazine now.
1: Right. So you think like a $6, oh, just throw Dare Touch onto the top of the.
0: Right. But then but see, but if you subscribe, it's like six dollars for the year. That's what's oh, crazy. I
1: see, right.
0: And then no one knows you're getting it. You could keep it privately in your own home.
1: Right. Would it be in a like a bag like covered no. in no,
0: no, it's going good. Like be your mailman display. would
1: know you're getting touch. Yeah. Sure. Dare
0: yeah. <laughs> and therefore your mailman would be concerned about if they wasn't delivering it for a while because anyone who stopped a subscription to dare touch, something right. had to be wrong. There must be something right. horrific going on or nefarious, as we always say.
1: Now, when it's in those subscription order catalogs, do you think we'd be under D for dare touch or touch comma dare? <laughs>
0: Ooh, that's... I think it should be Dutch there <laughs> just because it's way better <laughs> to pronounce yeah. it that way. <laughs> this is why, with your hosts Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling.
1: How how thick is the ice?
2: Uh, we went like to keep ours about an inch and a quarter. That's it. Yep,
1: that's huh. it.
0: So, what's it like? To drive, to actually drive a Zamponi. Is it nerve-wracking? <laughs> Is it?
2: Oh, I get nervous every single time I go out there. It gets a little easier, but I still get nervous every time.
1: Now, what's a, a normal day like for you? Let's say game day. How, do you, how often are you out there? What are you doing on that to prep?
2: A normal game day, me and another person from the ice crew, usually Andrew, will get there at 7 a.m., and depending on if there was a concert the night before, we'll have to clean up the ice from that, which if there is, we go out with the Zam, shave a bunch of the ice down, get all the nasty bill uh, beer spills and whatever else there is that seep through the flooring. So we'll cut that out. Um, if there's anything left after that, we use hot water in a bug sprayer and we'll melt it out. So we'll just spray it until it floats to the surface. Then after that, we go out with the ZAM again, and cut that down, and then start flooding, uh, and get it ready for morning skates.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Both teams usually have a morning skate, so we have to go. We have to get it ready for the first one, which is usually the Lightning, and then we'll get it ready for whoever team we're playing next. Then after that we there's usually what we call rink of dreams where it's like a, usually a local beer league team or youth team. Um, they rent the ice out and play a game. We usually have two of those. So they'll get to play the games. Then they'll come back for the game to watch it at night. Um, and then after that, we just get ready for the games. So the, our rink of dreams usually end around four o'clock. They have to be off the ice by four. Mm-hmm. Um and then we have a couple hours before we before warm ups. Um, so then we get to do all of our ice maintenance to get ready for the games.
1: Is there any brinksmanship between the Lightning and the other teams where there's things that you can do that are not against the rules, but are not maybe written out specifically in the rule book to just add a little bit of a advantage towards the Lightning? I'm assuming as the home, like you said, as the home team, they get to go out first.
2: Right. That's really their Like, that's really the only advantage. Everything else we have to do exactly the same for both teams.
1: Mm-hmm. And does the NHL keep a very close eye on that to make sure that the ice is of a certain quality for every yeah, rank? We
2: have, we have to send them reports every game and they, the reports start from early in the morning until after the game. So, and, like,
1: and what are you really reporting on?
2: Um, everything from ice temperature to what times the uh, teams come out on the ice, how long they're out there—they have certain amount, like they have t- certain time slots. So mm-hmm. if they go over a certain amount, they can get fined.
1: Interesting.
0: So, how long have you wanted to be a zamboni driver?
2: Um, actually, since the time I was like ten, I knew I wanted to work for the Lightning. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah, so it's pretty cool, living the dream.
1: Does that ever get into your head when you're out there driving around thinking like, if I screw this up, this game is over?
2: Uh, I try, That's like the last thing I try to think about, but it does <laughs> so, creep in. Sorry for putting it in there, out. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry, that's on me. Um, you mentioned if there's another event the night before that you have to go in and clean up. Are there any events in particular that are worse than others? Like whose fans are the messiest?
2: It's hard to really say. Usually, like, you can usually kind of tell what kind of event happened before um, by how dirty stuff is. But actually, our biggest problem this year was confetti. Um, the show seemed to use so much confetti this year that it was just everywhere.
1: Huh. Who yeah. was the worst confetti offender?
2: Um, I think it was Kiss.
1: Meh. Figures.
0: Well, everything always comes back to it Gene Simmons. It all comes
1: back to Gene Simmons.
0: So I know with Kiss and a lot of other acts, there's a lot of pyrotechnics and fire. Does that impact the quality of the ice?
2: Yeah, we don't usually see any effects of the fire because we have the flooring, um, right. but the confetti just keeps on coming. <laughs> it'll be up in the rafters. It'll so it'll just it, you. There's never it's never ending with the confetti.
1: So for that, I'm assuming it just like. If it's up in the rafters, it just keeps coming down throughout that entire day. Yeah. So are you just and spending the entire day running out trying to get it before it gets stuck under the ice?
2: Um. Well, so luckily, they usually use like a paper kind. Mm-hmm. So really, you can skate over it. So it's not the end of the world. But sometimes they do use like a more like metallic looking kind. Those those are bad because you can't skate over it. And that.
1: how much... I, I, I know... Fans can get a little um crispy if their team is not performing well mm-hmm. or if they are performing very well and there's a hat trick mm-hmm. H- How does one you know i've I've heard stories of people throwing the collectible bobblehead or puck giveaways back to the ice, mm-hmm. but I've also heard of people throwing change on the ice. Is that a frequent occurrence
2: no there's no it we really don't get much of that. Um, and if there is something either, like either the ruff will pick it up and just give it to someone to get off the rink or, um, one of us, like one of our ice crew will get sent out there to go pick it up real quick and get off.
1: Is there a lot of upkeep that you need to do on the Zamboni? Do you have to try to drive that to a Jiffy Lube every four months?
2: <laughs> we, we actually have a, um, contract with a forklift company who mm-hmm. comes in and does all the maintenance on it. And we really just get it serviced over the summer unless something comes up during the season.
1: So you don't have that little reminder sticker in the upper left-hand corner?
2: No, we actually don't no. have a windshield on there. Oh, that's true. So what
0: does it feel like when you get in your car to drive home after a game? Like I know you know, if you've been roller skating, you still feel like you're on roller skates.
2: Well, I have a like a sedan. So it's it feels smaller for sure. I definitely feel closer to the ground.
1: I believe the Red Wings do this. I know the Bruins do where they're like, oh, you get to ride on the Zamboni and the person looks thrilled for 30 seconds and then they have no idea what to do for the rest of the time you're cleaning the ice.
2: Yeah, I could see that being kind of awkward because it is kind of a long ride.
1: And you're actually doing something. You're focusing on something.
2: Right. Like I'm not, I like, I wouldn't be able to talk to the kid. I'm too focused. Is it? So, so I'm happy we don't do that. I am happy that we do it the way. Um, we do.
1: Yeah. So what other tasks do you do with the rink? You're, you're, you're responsible for the upkeep of the boards and the glass as well?
2: Yep. So we are in charge of all of that. We're really considered in charge of the field of play. So that's the ice, the boards, the glass, penalty boxes, player benches, and the tunnels leading up to them. That's a lot. Yeah.
1: (laughs) How disgusting does the bench get?
2: How disgusting does it get? Yeah, pretty disgusting. Not yeah. like we get; it gets cleaned every game, and like it actually gets mm-hmm. cleaned multiple times a day sometimes. Um, but it can usually get pretty nasty.
0: So, what's the craziest day you've ever had at work?
2: The craziest day? I don't know. We've had some pretty crazy days. I don't know if I can pick one. <laughs>
1: Do you guys do the ice care for, like, um, ice capades and Disney on ice and that sort of thing?
2: Yep, we have to do that, too. And this year, we had Cirque du Soleil on ice for the first time. So Wait, we were in charge of that, too. Yeah, it's it's really cool.
1: So there's a bunch of people in leotards skating behind you as you're cleaning off?
2: <laughs> uh, no, they... They usually stay off the ice when we're out there, but yeah. So their show was incredible. They were doing all kinds of flips and things, and nuts.
1: So you get to hang out for all of these events and see the whole thing, or do you miss part of it because you're making sure Actually, you're ready to roll? Actually,
2: went to one of those shows. We are not allowed to watch.
1: Ah, uh, so do you just hang out under the seats, essentially?
2: Yeah, we have we have an office that we can go time in when we and we're waiting to do our stuff so because for that we don't really have a whole lot to do Mm. they have they have their own schedule all worked out and we just go out and do what they ask when they want
1: do you deal at all with the players or let's say mickey do they have any special quests on how they like the ice prepared or is it just sort of steven samkos gets what everyone else gets
2: uh they really like it has, it's a league wide standard so mm-hmm. they really just get what everyone else gets.
1: So the coach never comes down screaming at you about something.
2: Um no he <laughs> he will check in occasionally and uh if it was a bad day like Dice is going to have issues sometimes so sometimes he'll let us know but mm-hmm. for the most and we're pretty good about that like he'll come down and just be like hey it wasn't so good today and well if we know why it wasn't good then we'll be like hey this is why or whatever and if if we don't know why then we'll try to figure it out
1: how hard is it in florida i mean a north you know a northern city toronto probably has a lot easier time keeping their ice in good condition than they do in tampa um because someone opens a door and suddenly your the air temperature drops
2: Right. So, I mean, everywhere has their own certain set of challenges. Mm -hmm. Our biggest one is the humidity. The heat can make it difficult, but it's the humidity that really gets us. But um, everyone's on the same page as far as keeping all the doors open as much as possible and everything like that.
0: So where do you go from here? Is this something you want to do for your whole career? Do you have other plans?
2: I don't know. I would love to get to do this for the rest of my life, but if it doesn't happen, I would be open to other opportunities within the organization as well.
0: So you're actually the only female Zamboni driver in the NHL, correct?
2: So I'm not actually. There the way that it was worded in I'm assuming you saw probably the ESPN magazine.
1: I believe so, yeah.
2: Okay. So the way it was worded in there was that I was the only full time female Zamboni driver. Um, so there are a couple that do it part-time. And then actually, like, right after that was written, Calgary h- hired a female as well. At least in the pre- professional ranks. There's plenty at local ranks or in minor leagues as well.
0: What else would you like people to know about what you do?
2: Um, Well, I would like them to know that I am doing it because, like... The reason I'm in the position I'm in is because that my boss, Tom Miracle, um, is suffering from uh, brain cancer right now. And so I'm, yeah, so I'm, I like to think that I'm filling in for him until he can come back. And uh, that my other boss, Patrick Jesso, has done an unbelievable job helping me along the way.
1: If all of our hockey and and ice talk has you itching to go see a game, get tickets for the Tampa Bay Lightning at nhl.com slash lightning.
0: Be sure to follow Why the Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check out our YouTube channel for some additional great Why content. If you're so inclined, please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing.
1: Today's show was produced by myself and Heidi Headquist. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sove and Sandy Stone. Our graphic designer is Samantha Mustonen, Our intern is Randy Jeanette. The theme song was performed by the Electrosynthno Magnetic Polyphonic Orchestra. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home.
2: Nigel, is that you? Are you here, Nigel?